Welcome to this Frequency Matters podcast. I'm Pat Hindle, and today we are talking with Sharif Chabane, CTO at Wiggle, which is a short for the Wireless Electrical Grid Local Area Networks. And I love the way it's um, called that. It's easy to remember. Note that that is spelled W-I-G-L. Sharif is a world-renowned scholar and noted expert with 30-plus years of experience in the area of radio frequency energy transfer. Welcome to the show, Sharif. Thank you for the, uh, the very, very good introduction. So can you tell us about the history and the goals of Wiggle technology that enables wireless power? Yes, yeah. Uh, again, uh, thanks, Patrick. I've been using your magazine for a long, long time. I've learned a lot of stuff. As a matter of fact, most of the RF that I know, I've learned it through that magazine and through all the events that uh, uh, I started as a, as a baseband. My, my 30 years experience was really in the wireless communication. And I've been involved in the Wi-Fi, WLAN, 2G, all the Gs and everything. So that's how it's my background. So, so Wiggle, as you said before, it's we, we want to provide the user power the same way Wi-Fi is done now. That's really the, what we're trying to do with the Wiggle. So basically, think about it in the cellular world. And that's why I came to this from the cellular world. Uh, in cellular world, you have cells positioned in different locations, and then you have the, the, the device, the handheld device. You connect to one cell, you talk to it, and then as you move around, when you get farther from cell one and you get closer to cell two, you know, the handover gets accomplished, and then you, you can connect to the next one and so on and so forth. So that's the, really the basics of our patterns. We are providing a power the same way you use, you receive the data now in local area networks. Right now you have a, fi- a Wi-Fi, you walk around, you receive data, but you don't care what access points, especially in air like airports and everything. That's really what we're trying to do with Wiggle as compared to what you're doing now, the YLAN and, and all the other uh, uh, networks. So you, can you tell us a little bit more about how it works and what kind of distances you can get? Yes. So we envision the transmitters that um, the transmitters we have is you have distributed transmitters over the areas the same way you have distributed the uh, base stations over the whole area. And then, and then what happens is, uh, for instance, on the transmitter side, we have transmitter, we have a receiver like everybody else. And the transmitter side, at least uh, right now we're doing only a single beam, but we envision multi-beams in there on the transmit side. You have on the transmit side, you have the phase array antenna and you have two channels. One is the power channel and the other we call it the control channel. So, so this is on the transmit side. On the receiver side, you, get a, you have a control channel. Our control channel is mainly either Bluetooth or any of the other channels. So you walk in on the network and you say, okay, Patrick, Patrick, I need power. What you do is you talk to the transmitter through the control channel, assuming you can, you can receive power and everything. And then what it does is one of the beams gets targeted to you and then points to you. And then as you move, the beam follows you. And as you get farther from the range of this beam and you get closer to the next beam, the next beam takes over and this whole process happens without you knowing it. That's really the concept of operation. 
as far as distances, uh, in, uh, I mean, we're dealing with the same laws of physics. I'm not claiming we broke, we have different laws of physics, but, uh, but what, we, what we do believe, at least this is my opinion, is um, currently people were looking at what we, what we refer to it as point to point, meaning you have transmitter on one side, you have receiver on one side, and the distance is fixed is whatever, five feet or six feet, or if you go into a uh, uh, device that require a lot less power, such as internet of things or sensors, you require a lot, lot less power, so you have the distances. So right now we, we, have, uh, we, we are in the process of developing the technology to prove the, to prove the concept. We have the first prototype, and the first prototype we, 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 we showed that we can, uh, we can charge the phone at about five feet. And we're talking, by the way, what we're targeting, we're targeting mobile devices, be it an, be it an iPhones or uh, the things you have in the ears or anything that, that needs to be charged while moving. That's what we are targeting. Most of the, uh, at least to my knowledge, is our patent is really the one that introduces this concept of networking we say it allows you to go over to cover large areas. So the answer to your question is right now we we have videos you can look at is we can show a handheld device and uh, we can show that we can charging um, we're charging um, an iPhone in this case and we can do it like about four feet and we you can see the charging device and everything. Now this is what we showed now. We are working, trying to improve the distance. And really uh, what we're trying to do is we're trying on the receive side, try to improve our receiver. Uh, we have a way to be able to, to try to vary the impedance because the impedance that's, in, uh, that's between the antenna and our receiver and any receiver will vary on the amount of current on the amount of the R incident RF so we're coming up with ways to be able to change that impedance dynamically to allow you to receive more power. Uh, plus, uh, that's what we're trying to do to increase the power. So traditionally, wireless power, yeah, has just been point to point. So you're adding um, some beam steering to get better um, energy to the device and also yeah. networking of cells. Um, exactly. So can you compare all the advantages that this has over to the old style that used to just be point to point. Yeah, well, point to point is obviously doesn't allow you mobility, right? You cannot, you cannot move because the farther you move from it, obviously get it to a point where you, 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 you wouldn't get enough power to do anything with it, right? So that's really the, one of the impediment to the existing technology. So that's what we're, so in our case, we do believe that by allowing you the roaming, if I can use that for the power, you're able to, move over a wider area. That is really the advantages that we have as opposed to what's existing right now. So why do you use separate transmitters instead of just using the existing Wi-Fi and you know, well, what kind of power levels are you using? Yeah, that's, that's a very good point. And I, I received that, uh, that question a lot and I'm glad you asked. So, so and this is, I've discovered this uh, you know, as we're doing some experimentation, taking some measurements. The iPhone, for instance, based on the level of charge, if it's less than 5% charge, it requires as much as 100 milliamps, maybe more 
at five volts to give to start seeing that uh, you know that symbol that is charging how much current is really getting is there but at least it's getting something right and and the reason and, and I discovered that after talking we talked to a lot of people manufacturing everything and the reason the super duper battery they have there is because they wanted to charge it once you know fast enough and then not charge it at least in the next day or two we, and this is the reason they do it because they don't have they don't have any other way but we do believe that if you have our technology meaning you have this network and and then you will allow the phone to at least trickle charge as it's moving if you have that network you can consider the ether around that in that area as a battery so because you have the rf and then that means your device you don't need to have a super duper battery in there you're going to have like a small battery maybe to use as a buffer and then you do not need. so now if this happens that means that you do not need a lot of power to 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 uh, you know meet this requirement of charging but that's really what we see the paradigm shift that our technology with the networking concept will introduce in the future. But right now, the batteries they are now, they're power hungry because you know, the way they're built and everything. Right. So what type of conversion devices and antennas are used in your transmitters and receivers and what type of efficiency do you achieve? Yeah, so, so right now on the transmitter side, we, we have a, we have a, a phase array antenna. We're just right now, we're, the beam width is about 30 degrees. And the experiment that we've done now is just with a fixed beam. And, uh, and that will simulate, we have multiple transmitter. And then, so what we're, the, the next one is we're, uh, we're, building, uh, we're building really a switched beam because we want to keep the, the cost low. So we have, um, we have a Rothman lens. And then we can generate, right now we're demonstrating with four, but we do eight beams and then each beam is whatever, 180, 30 degrees, and then you move around. So that's what we're using. The gain of the antenna is about 15 dBi, something like that. So that's what we have. Right? But again, this is a prototype and we're trying to prove the concept. Later on, we're gonna clean it up a little bit. The, we're using uh, one watt power for this experiment. And uh, we, uh, we're trying to, you know, of course, whatever we're doing, whatever we have to do now, it has to adhere to the FCC uh, requirement part 15. Although the industry is looking, working with the FCC, try to set up some new standards and all those things. But right now, whatever we're doing, we're, uh, so, so that's on the transmitter side. On the receiver side, we have, uh, we have a patch antenna and we came up with some really good, uh, optima we have basically a receiver. A receiver is you know, the architecture is well known. I mean, we're not inventing anything, but what we did invent here, we invented in a way where we can change the impedance, matching impedance between the antenna and the receiver. Because what we discovered is the, the, power, the power conversion ratio depends on how much power you, you, you receive and how much is your impedance matching between the antenna and the RF. So the, to come up to the last question is the conversion ratio that we measured, we measured about 55%. And we do, and that's, 
the conversion ratio, I just want to make sure because people think that the conversion ratio from the transmit side, the conversion ratio is from the incident power that you receive at the antenna, the RF, to the amount of the DC current you generate. And then we're trying to uh, improve that and we do, we have some simulation and we believe that we can bring it up maybe to 85%. Wow, yeah, that would be very good. Yeah, yeah, it is. And we have to play some tricks and, uh, and we're finding some patterns in this area. And that's the thing that we want to do uh, to, to improve the conversion ratio. The, the, um, the distance between the propagation, there's not much we can do about it because God made those laws and we cannot do anything about it. So, so that would be great to just be able to have your mobile devices being charged wherever they are in the household or at work. How fast can you charge a device, just as an example? Yeah, so let, let me just, uh, you, you mentioned the Wi-Fi and everything. I forgot. I just want to answer that and come back to this question, if you don't mind. So, so the, the reason I mentioned that is later on when the batteries, when the phones do not require a lot of power, because at that point, what we can do is we can use the existing, you know, Wi-Fi, 5G, you know, the micro base station and everything. We can use that RF to harvest it and use it to charge the device. But in order for us to get to that time, to that point, we want to make sure that the power, you know, the, the phones will not require a lot of power as they have right now. Right. So that's kind of, uh, you, know, you know, where we are. Uh, yeah, so... So right now, you know, as I said, and this is another question that I ask is uh, with our technology, if you have the ether around you that serves as a battery, that's the analogy I give, you have the ether around as the battery. And as long as you are in that thing, assuming you are in that area in there, and we're assuming that it grows like when we have now Wi-Fi. And remember the old days, and you probably remember when we're coming with Wi-Fi and access points, somebody would say, oh, you know, but how come if you go from one place to another place? And then after a while, we see you know, the proliferation of technology all over the place. So, so, what we, so once you have that, uh, that ether battery of RF around you, the charge time becomes irrelevant, right? We really don't care. Because as long as you are within that area in there, you're getting trickle and your battery is working. Yeah, you're going to have a small one that holds maybe enough charge to, so if you go in area where you don't have coverage and everything. So that's why, you know, what you see with our technology, you know, the battery, the, the charge time is irrelevant. Yeah, as long as you're not draining it faster than it's charging. Yes, exactly. And, and we are, yeah, that, that's right. And, and, we, we, and we've done some uh, brief calculations and, you know, yeah, if you're streaming, you know, high day later on, yeah, it's, but, but, but right now, the way we're, I agree with you, there are some issues that we need to resolve, but right now, this, the, the charge, as long as we're trickling it faster than you're using it, you know, I guess we're okay. Great. And so how are you ensuring the safety of these systems? You mentioned that you stay within the one watt FCC requirement. Yes. Yeah, we want to, yeah, uh, and so two things. One is we are, we realize that by introducing this technology, we're going to increase the RF uh, signature in the air. Obviously, that's for obvious reasons, right? So two things. One is we want to be able to maintain the, to operate within the, 
the, the, the, the FCC requirements. And two, as we're building our network, we're building some uh, uh, machine learning slash artificial intelligence to be able to, to turn on the transmitters only when you really need to. If there's nobody around and it's charging, you know, you might as well turn off the whole transmitter. So those are the two things that we are using to minimize the RF signature and as a consequence, you know, make it safe to both interfering with the, uh, you know, with other devices around and safe for humans as well as dogs and cats and, uh, and all those things in the household. How will this technology enable better IoT systems? So right now, and this is another, this is a, an excellent point is, if you look at the IoT systems, we, I mean, when you say IoT, you, you imply that usually it's a sensor out there that, that has a battery. Now, this battery, we know it uh, goes, it needs to be changed and everything. And we, when you start talking about IoT, and I'm sure you heard the numbers like 10 billion or 20 billion or 50 billion units on, on them, is these guys, they all need batteries. So they need to be changed, they need to be, you know, the logistics behind it and everything. If you have this technology where you have the RF is always there, obviously you're going to reduce the cumbersomeness, if I can use that word there, of the batteries. So this is what we see. Another thing that, uh, and I just discovered that, uh, you know, talking to people such as yourselves is in the future infrastructures, we'd, we'd like to embed sensors in there you know, to, to monitor the health of the, the bridge or the building, vibrations and all those things. And those sensors, they have batteries. Right now, they, what they're doing is they plan for wires to bring the power and everything. So if you have this technology, if you have RF, you don't need to have wires and everything. So the, one of the benefits in the IoT is it will reduce the number of batteries used. That's really benefit number one. And two, it allows you to reduce the cost, the cost and everything. I mean, right now we're, we're doing a lot of work with uh, the DOD, trying to come up with applications. And one of the, one, a major headache for the DOD is batteries. You know, they're not all the same. They're, one of them has three prongs, the size, and they need to change them. They have a huge, 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 huge problems with ch changing and charging the battery and changing them. So we believe a technology like this allows you at the minimum to charge the batteries and everything. So that's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of benefits, of course. Um, you know, one of the, and I was talking to some guy earlier, uh, is um, the reason, reason this technology has not taken off now is because everybody talks about IoT, but nobody will tell you exactly what is the application and what it needs. So hopefully with the, now with the IoT becoming clearer and then people will see the benefit of not having to worry about the batteries. And I think that's what I see one of the benefits for this technology as far as the IoT is concerned. So you sound like you're doing a lot of development work. You know, what are some of the future innovations you see in this area that will continue to evolve the technology? Yeah, I think, I think right now is uh, we need to... Um, we need obviously one of the key things we need to do, we need to reduce the RF power on the transmit side. And then on the, uh, on the receive side, we need to enhance the, uh, the, um, the, the conversion ratio. 
There's nothing we can do about the propagation delay. Another thing we need to do is, so there are two, right now, our most of the people, if you want to deploy this technology, you need to do it in ISM band. And ISM band, you have either 900 or 2.4 or 5.6. Obviously, you know, you want to, especially if you're talking about small devices, you're talking about small antenna. And by small antenna, meaning high frequency. And by high frequency, meaning a huge uh, pr uh, propagation losses. So there are some area, and we are looking, trying to see what can we do on the antenna side. We want to operate, let's say, 900 megahertz. But suppose what kind of antenna that we that we can develop that gives you uh, an optimal, you know, uh, operation at 900, then yet small enough. We um, and you are in this business. Are you familiar with? Um, we're working with Florida International University. But I used is, to live in Florida. I actually um, took a course at FIU. They've done a lot of work in conformal antennas, in different type of antennas. And we're trying to see what kind of antennas that we can use that allow you to operate low frequency. You know, low frequency meaning 900 megahertz because we can, you know, the propagation losses are smaller and yet small enough and cheap enough to allow you, to enable you to embed them in a small, whatever platforms, be handheld or IoT or the other things. So these are kind of what I see as the innovation that need to be, uh, you know, looked at. And we are looking at, and there are, I'm sure a lot of people are looking at them as well. Well, great. It sounds like you're on a good path to success. Yeah, well, I hope so. I hope so. Well, thank you very much, Sharif, for talking with us today about Wiggle. It looks like a very promising technology and it'll greatly improve and give us easy access to charging of all of our mobile devices, which is a huge problem today. I know my daughter can never find her charger and never plug it in. Yeah, <laughs> so it'll be a big, big win for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, uh, Patrick, for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, it's an honor to be with you. I hope I uh, added something useful to your listeners and, uh, Looking forward to stay in touch with you in the future and keep you up with what we're doing in the future. Great. Thank you very much. And uh, to our listeners, you can find more of our podcasts on RF Microwave Technology at podcast.microwavejournal.com. Thanks for listening today.